welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's Wednesday, June 30th, 2021, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today we are going to continue our series of stories from our ARC Stories event, which was on May 7th, 2021 in Birmingham, Alabama. And ARC Stories is an opportunity for men and women who've been impacted by adoption and orphan care, or women who've been impacted by the ministry of Lifeline during their crisis pregnancy can come forward and tell their story of hope, their story of redemption, and their story of healing. We're going to get to hear from Lauren Eddy, and Lauren actually joined Lifeline staff in January of 2018 as a pregnancy counselor. She's originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. She got her undergraduate in social work at Mississippi College and then continued her education by attending the University of Alabama for grad school. She loves the fact that her job is a calling and a ministry. Everyone truly loves each other, the work, and their clients out of an overflow of how Christ has loved us. Lauren says it's common practice to find the team praying for each other and for clients, digging into God's word and seeking out God in their work. Lauren is going to tell a story about some of the women that she has served along the way at Lifeline and the way that she has seen God transform their hearts, their minds, and ultimately their purposes. But before we hear from Lauren, I want to remind you about Vessels of Hope. This ministry to orphan and vulnerable children is only possible because of the body of Christ that we walk hand in hand with. Those people that give of their time, their knowledge, and their resources are so valuable to this ministry. And Vessels of Hope is our faithful community of monthly donors. We would love for you to become a part of our Vessels of Hope by signing up to be a monthly donor. You can always go to lifelinechild.org backslash donate and join Vessels of Hope by simply checking that you want to give on a monthly basis. You will enter into our ecosystem where you will be the first to hear of important updates. We have t-shirts and other types of swag that are yours being a Vessel of Hope partner, but ultimately you know that you're joining together as the body of Christ to manifest this sweet gospel to orphans, to vulnerable children, to vulnerable women, and to vulnerable families. Now, without further ado, let's hear from Lauren Eddy. One day I got a call from a pregnancy resource center calling me to let me know that there was a woman that they were working with who was already almost eight months pregnant and had just learned for the first time that she was pregnant and she was considering adoption. And so they asked me to come and meet with her. And so I came right then and there and met with her. We sat down and we started talking about, okay, why is she kind of just learning that she's pregnant? What's been going on in her life for the past year? And she started telling me about how hard the past year of her life had been, about how um, about the day that the FBI showed up to her house and arrested her husband for crimes that she had no idea were going on. 
And she had learned that her family, her friends, everybody in her community knew that these things were going on and had been part of the investigation against her husband. But she did not know because no one knew for sure if she had been involved or not. And so after getting cleared of all charges herself, she moved to Alabama from the state she was in to live with her grandmother and her son who had special needs. So for months, she had been basically just denying the fact that maybe she was pregnant. She was in shock and trauma uh, from just all the things that had happened with her husband. And she said her grandmother kept telling her, I think you're pregnant. Are you sure you're not pregnant? You look like you're pregnant. And she just kept saying, I'm not pregnant. You can't be pregnant. And finally, her grandmother said to her, it doesn't matter if you can't be pregnant, if you are pregnant. So they go to this pregnancy resource center, and she just starts telling the pregnancy resource center, I can't do this. I can't do this. And so they called us. And so I'm sitting with her, and she says, you know, I have these two daughters. I have this son with special needs. My husband is in jail for all these things, and I don't know what I'm going to do. And so we started talking about what making a plan for her child would look like. And she just knew instantly this is what she needed to do for her child. This is how she was going to care for her other three children. This is how she was going to put her life back together. And this is how she was going to care for this baby. So at almost eight months pregnant, we start making a plan. So we're moving pretty quickly. And she chooses a family. And the first time she met that family, she brought her grandmother Turtle with her. And that's what they called her. And we were very thankful for her because she kept the conversation going, kind of told some jokes. And we just knew that the Lord had orchestrated this match with this family because they start, even just in the small details, they start telling her the name that they had chosen for the child. And it started with the same initial as what she had named all of her other children. So just even in those small things, she said, I know that the Lord is looking on me with favor. I know that he has made this plan. He has put this family in my life and lifeline in my life. So fast forward to the hospital time, she had decided that they were going to be mom and dad, and because they were going to be mom and dad, they needed to be there from the beginning of the process, all the way through labor and delivery. So I get there at five o'clock in the morning, family gets there a couple hours later, and we're just sitting in the hospital room during labor. And this poor dad, he's in like his 20s, and they're a little bit younger than birth mom, they have no children, and he just slowly starts trying to plant the seed of like, you know, I want to respect your privacy, I want to honor you. When it comes time to delivery, I can just step out of the room. It's not going to hurt my feelings to not see everything, you know. He just keeps on. She is adamant. And so as the morning goes on, not only is he going to be part of labor and delivery, but he is now going to cut the umbilical cord, she has decided. And he is like, you can tell, he's starting to get squeamish. His wife is like, this is what we're doing. This is your child. Get over it, you know. So he's like, okay, it's fine, it's fine. And this birth mom, sweet as can be, she's just like, you are dad, you are doing this. So we're like, okay. So then a little bit later in the morning, the nurse comes in to check her and the dad kind of goes behind the door because he wants to give her her privacy. And the nurse just looks at me and she looks around the room and she looks at the other nurse and she says, this baby is coming right now. There is not going to be a doctor. We are going to deliver this baby right now. And so they just move into action really quickly. Things start, doors are slamming, people are running in and out. 
They're getting ready. He misses the whole thing. He's behind the door the whole time. So the adoptive mom ends up cutting the umbilical cord and being part of the process. So later, it was just really sweet after baby was born, she decides that she wants mom and dad to hold baby first. And so baby goes to them. Well, then later she starts talking about it. She's like, I can't believe you missed it. It was so awful that you were stuck behind the door. And he goes, yeah, it was so bad. I I tried, you know. So like we walk into the hallway and he looks at me and he looks at his social worker and he says, the Lord has answered my prayer today. (laughs) I missed the whole birth. He's like, I didn't see anything. So then later, his family shows up, an adoptive mom's family shows up. We're talking grandparents, aunts, uncles, sisters, brothers. Usually extended family does not come to the hospital. Usually we say, that's birth mom's time. This is her time in the hospital. It's time for you guys to bomb with them. And so we as social workers are like, what is the whole family doing here? And he's kind of like, I don't know. I didn't invite them. I just told them what hospital we're at and they're here. And so the family starts saying like, I know that you have to, you know, that you want to protect her and that you're here to support her. But like, if there's any way we can meet her. And honestly, I'm thinking, no, there's probably not, you know, but then the Lord is sovereign because then a few minutes later, she says to me, I know it's probably not possible, but if there was any way that I could meet all of the extended family that they talked about in their profile book, I just think that would be so beautiful beautiful. It's part of why I chose them. And I'm like, well, they're actually sitting outside in the waiting room if you want to meet them. So in they come into the room and it's grandmothers, grandfathers, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters. I mean, everybody, the room is full. But it was so sweet because they just, they talked to her about her story and they just honored her so beautifully. And then they said, can we pray for you? So they all gather around her and they just start praying for her. And throughout those months, and even still to this day, we've had so many opportunities to sit with her and to sit with her family and to really just love on her, to show her the love of Christ, to share the gospel with her family. And because of that, we have seen just life change throughout her family, just seeing her grow, her children grow, her family members grow, and seeing this family be able to love on her. And so not only is this one person's life changed, but it's generations changed. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.